Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into decoms. I'm Lizzie, a pair of vintage lounge slacks. I'm Hannah, and I am Mardi Gras Dorothy. And this week, we are kicking off spooky season by discussing Invisible Sister. This was a really fun one. It was. Had you ever seen it before? I had never seen it before, um, but I did. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And spoilers, Maggie did not watch this with me. Oh, okay. However, I will be making her watch this with me sometime in the very near future because I think she would have really liked it. And I love a movie about a sister relationship. About sisters. Yeah. Sisters. Not, well, I was going to say not like sister sisters, but they were real sisters and they are real sisters. So. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of sisters, have you watched Hocus Pocus 2 yet? Not yet. Not yet. I watched it this weekend. It was good. I watched it with Friend of the Pod, Amber. Ugh, I'm kind of dying to, but no, it came out this weekend, and I did not have internet or service mm-hmm. at all this weekend, because me and family were camping. We were in, well, I guess we were camping. We were in the woods. Um, We were at a cabin. We weren't, like, in a tent, but it was very fun. We normally just, like, sit around and read a bunch of books when we go there like for a week that sounds amazing and we did do that but we also like hiked a bunch and we went to a couple like towns nearby so it was nice it was a nice little family getaway and it was perfect for camp rock week it was perfect for camp rock week um but yeah so i had never seen invisible sister which is a fun decom to come back to um and not a musical which for some reason i kind of thought it was a musical and i'm glad it wasn't yeah, I think our movie next week might be a little bit of a musical, but no spoilers. I've already forgotten. Oh, okay, I remember, I remember, I remember. Yeah, I think it features music. Um, I would also like to point out, it is 9.35pm. Hannah and I were like, we'll start recording at 8, and then we did an hour and a half of pre-planning. We had an all-hands meeting. We We really did. It should have really been a Microsoft Teams meeting because it was so official and business-like. Yeah, I should have messaged you on Slack. I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. I've never used Slack, but it's basically the same as Teams. There's a potential that I'm going to have to learn what that is real fast. Um, so. Oh, you'll you'll get the hang of it right away. Excellent. Um, but so Hannah, you had seen this movie before? I have. This was either my second or third time watching it, and that's why I suggested it, because I knew it was super cute. Okay. Well, I'm very glad that we got around to watching it, because I know this has been one that you've kind of suggested a couple other times, and then we ended up scheduling different things when we could have watched this, but I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, I think it was perfect timing. It's like, it's technically a Halloween movie, but it's like just spooky enough vibes where like, it's October now. It's getting cold. Like, I think it was perfect. Yes. And it wasn't, like, there's nothing really magical. Um, The only real magical thing is explained by some potentially shoddy science. science, But I don't know enough about chemistry to say that's entirely wrong. She replicated her experiments, so. That's true. Um, 
Lizzie, I believe that it's your turn for our 60-second summary. Do you want me to get you all ready for that? Yes, please. Oh, no. I was meant to post on Instagram an hour ago, and I didn't. <laughs> That's all right. I'll post it when we're done recording. Yeah. If As soon as you're done listening to this episode about Invisible Sister, you should all go listen to our Camp Rock 2 episode, because Hannah did a fantastic job editing it. It's very yeah. fun. The title is hilarious. Um, just and it was- when this one is done, just let it autoplay to the next app. And then yeah. all the other ones. Yeah. Why are you actually listening to anything that's not the Slumber Party pod? That's what I'd like I know, to I don't. Oh my god, wait. Before, <laughs> I'm gonna tell a quick story time. Please do. So, I'm gonna preface this by telling everyone I am okay. <laughs> However, oh my god, I did get in a pretty I got in a pretty bad car accident uh 2 or 3 days ago on Sunday. Um we're recording on Tuesday. I'm fine. My car is like maybe probably not fine, but like I am safe. I wasn't injured. Um I did take out some pretty significant I did some property damage, let's just say. But the most embarrassing thing of the situation was what was playing over the speakers when I crashed, when I did a 180 in the middle of a highway merge and landed in a light pole in a ditch, (laughs) is that what was playing over the speakers was our Camp Rock episode of the Slumber Party Pod. (laughs) And my first thoughts after I crashed and stopped was, I need to call 911. No. I need to turn off the podcast and then call 911. <laughs> because how embarrassing. I crashed my car listening to my own damn podcast. I think you missed a really vital marketing opportunity, actually. Oh, had it on? Well, like, all the Good Samaritans that stopped, because there were many Good Samaritans, stopped to just see if I was okay. And like three or four different cops because I was on the edge of like three different precincts. So cops from three different precincts showed up. It's always good to have more help than necessary than not enough help. So I guess. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, that's the end of my tirade. (laughs) After. Yeah. Thank goodness. Hannah is okay. Um, after she, I like texted you something very like nonchalant, whatever, like, one of those random things that we'll, like, text each other throughout the day, and you said, well, I think I did just total my car, so give me, like, two seconds, and I'll get back to you, and I was like, "Mm." you were like, are you hurt, are you alone, where are you, and I was like, let me make one thing abundantly clear, I don't know why I was asking all these questions, I'm so many hours away, many states uh, dare I say, a dozen hours away. Yeah. And you were like, I'll be right there. What do you I, need? If you had said, I need you to come to <laughs> Megan, I'm like, oh, I just said where you live. It's okay. Beep. <laughs> I need you to come to generic American city. <laughs> yeah. Place not near Lizzie. And I appreciated your concern. I was a little freaked out. I did think I was going to die for, like, like three seconds. But then once I didn't die, I was like, 
well, I gotta get this over with now. And you know what? Like Hannah said, I mean, she was like, thank goodness she was, like, the only person involved in the incident. Yeah. Nobody else was mm-hmm. hurt. She wasn't hurt. Yeah. Just some state property and her, her car. Yeah. Unfortunately, I will now have points on my license because I took out some pretty major infrastructure. But it's fine. It probably needed to be replaced anyway. Um, to quote binge city like please let's normalize running over curbs and having dents in our cars and like not being good drivers hot girls are not good drivers and you know it's not that you were driving poorly yeah i was driving during the hurricane (laughs) there was weather afoot it was it was raining it was storming um and with that (laughs) lizzie are you now ready after this uh digression to get to your 60 second summary i believe so i will count you down in three two one go so the story follows a pair of two sisters so there is a sister named cleo who is the younger kind of like more in her shell not super popular not super talkative not super involved sister who's really good academically there's an older sister named molly who's really outgoing and popular and she's an athlete um and she is being scouted to play lacrosse at all these colleges um and cleo is doing this science experiment for like a science project with half of her grade and accidentally turns her sister invisible because she turns them off invisible, her sister actually drinks them off and she becomes invisible. And so she has to go through the process of, one, figuring out how to get her sister to not be invisible. And there's a time limit because they have to do it within 24 hours of her ingesting this moth. But she is also learning about being in the spotlight because she has to pretend to be her sister. And so that she can get scouted to colleges. And then there you go. I forgot to give you your 40 seconds. It's okay. Yeah, but that's what happens. So she has to um, fill in for her sister because they're like, we look alike, which they they look enough for like to be sisters. And she wears a mask because it's Halloween. So she's Mardi Gras Dorothy. Right. Yes. Um, and yeah, so she fills in and learns that, you know, it's not necessarily easy for her sister. And she learns to come out of her shell. So there you go. But um, I will already have our Disney summary pulled up, so I will get that right here. Excellent. Disney Plus says, Cleo has always been overshadowed by Molly, her popular older sister. But when Cleo's Halloween science experiment causes a freak accident that leaves Molly invisible, it's now Molly who nobody notices. By working together to reverse the invisibility, the sisters learn to overcome their differences and find that they have more in common than they ever expected. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to say, I'm going to advocate for myself here and say I think I deserve a lot of props for the fact that I actually remembered the characters' names this time. And I think it's because I did not know who either of the actresses were. So there was no chance of me being like, oh, Demi Lovato. Neither of them were Demi Lovato. It was Rowan Blanchard. Whom? Um, the little sister, Cleo, uh, was Rowan Blanchard, who I think is most famous for she was in the Boy Meets World 
spin-off reboot Girl Meets World. She was the main character. She played the daughter of the Boy Meets World couple. I did not watch that. I I apologize. Me neither. Um, but I know that it was quite popular. And then she was also in that remake of A Wrinkle in Time that came out maybe seven years ago. I didn't see that either. Um, it was, I think a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was good. Um, but basically, so she's kind of like, she's about our age. She does acting. She's pretty sure. popular and fun, family friendly, I think. But I think she's cool. She's she's like friends with Serena Carpenter. Oh, okay. That's kind of fun. Yeah, they were co-stars. So this came out in 2015. Let's see, how old were we seven years ago? We were, like, in high school. Okay. Something I was thinking was I would like to give, because I do have a couple casting notes on this. Yeah, go ahead. One of the casting notes I would like to say is that this was a decom where I felt like all of the actors playing the high schoolers looked like they were actual high schoolers like yeah and I think it's because they were because there were only two actors whose names I recognized it was Rowan Blanchard and Karin Brar who uh was her best friend character the Mm -hmm. one who was wearing the vintage pants and he's kind of of Jesse fame he was like best friends and roommates with Cameron Boyce and they are both our age so when this movie came out they were like 16 or 15 well yep yeah, and I really, I agree with you that it was it was quite believable. And you know what? That's something I would like to say. We've kind of talked about this throughout the course of watching these decoms, but I do think it's interesting that in recent years, I feel like, one, just because of how the filmmaking industry has changed, we are seeing, like, teenagers being played by actual teenagers more often than we used to because it used to be you would be like oh that 15 year old and then you like checked and you're like oh that 23 year old really (laughs) you think that it's getting better because i in my head i'm thinking like euphoria they're all 25 riverdale they're all 28 well but that being said i as a viewer would in no way shape or form feel comfortable watching shows like that if the high schoolers were played by actual high schoolers true yeah which is kind of like then why the freaking age those shows up to college like it would be better but i rest my case that's a whole other conversation for a different set of media perhaps um did you have another casting note or was that so we don't talk too in-depth here about acting performances. There's only been a couple, like, in particular ones that are really ground our collective gears that we've touched on, namely, what the hell is her name? The TikTok person who is in Zombies. Oh, Ariel Martin. Baby Ariel. We all know that really did a number on me, parentheses derogatory. But anyway, that has pretty much nothing to do with what I had to say about Invisible Sister. The main character, Cleo, what did you say the actress's name was? Rowan Blanchard? Rowan Blanchard. 
her performance, I feel, felt like was very inconsistent throughout this. And I don't know if it was partially the struggle of the fact that she was having to act to nothing. Oh, true. Because the sister was invisible. But there were some parts where I was like, it felt like I was watching, like, a not particularly well-performed, like, high school one-act play. Uh, Well, and that's the thing, is, like, she, I'm looking at her IMDb profile right now, and she has done a lot of work. Yeah. But, um, and, like, three or four of her credits are DCOMs. And then she has yeah. that Wrinkle in Time movie. But yeah. everything else I've never really heard of. But she kind of did, like, come into her career as, like, an 11 to 16-year-old. Right. Like, playing a decom, Right. Like, not a decom, but, like, a Disney Channel character. So, like, she definitely had, like, that, like, Disney Channel acting vibe. It was... And the thing is, normally when we're watching movies like this... I don't really bump on that as much because we all know what we're getting into here. But there were points in this where it was distracting and it was kind of taking me out of the plot of the movie. And that's when I, I don't want to say I take issue with it, but that's when it starts to detract from the movie for me. So, Mm -hmm. Was there anyone whose performance you really liked? I thought the older sister was good. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. What did you just say the actor's name was? Who was in Jesse? Karin Brar. Yes. I think he's hilarious. I think he did a very good job. Obviously, like, over the top, silly, campy, but, like, very good comedic timing. Mm-hmm. I like that they let him just use his real voice. Yes. And I thought that the side... Some of the side characters I thought were really funny because, like, there is a character who is the older sister Molly's boyfriend. Oh, Coog. His name Coog. is Coog. He calls himself the Coog. Mm-hmm. And, like, don't get me wrong, he will not be winning any awards for this particular role, I do not believe. However,. Excellent comedic timing. Yeah, he was so dumb, but it was like... It was well done dumb. Yeah. Because it can be very distract. Like, when someone is playing an idiot, and like, someone who is kind of like knowingly an idiot throughout the course of a film, or like a TV show or whatever, it can be very distracting when they are like... It's a, it's a fine, fine line, because it can either be, like, really awesome comedically, or just, like, ruin the whole, like, baby Ariel in Zombies. Yeah, she was not it. She was, like, playing dumb, but it was, it was just too much. And he was playing dumb in a way that fit with the vibe of the rest of the movie. Because it was endearing. Yes. And he really loved, um... What was the, gosh, Molly, that was the older sister. He really yeah. seemed to like her, and he was like, I just want her to be happy, and he was wearing the bear costume, because he was the cowardly 
Fair from Wizard of Oz. It was so funny. But, um, yeah, I also quite liked the, we didn't get to see much of him, but the boy Carter, is it his name? Who plays her crush, who he has a crush on Chloe, we find out, Cleo, sorry. And she has a crush on him, but she thinks that, like, every time he tries to, you know, express interest in her, she literally calls him a crafty jock weasel, who's, like, he's just trying to get her to help him with his homework, when it turns out he's actually, like, hella smart. And he saves the day at the end. This was a delightful subplot for me. As much as I hate it, I hate the trope of people self-sabotaging themselves, which we don't have to psychologically analyze why that bugs me so much to watch. Um, which is fine. That's alright. Um, but, they're so cute together. (laughs) Yeah, it was very cute, and he, he saw her, and by her, I mean he saw Invisible Molly in the bear suit that she stole from Coog, Mm -hmm. um, pretending to be Cleo. He saw her dressed as a bear, so he made, he spent a whole evening making a honey costume so they could match. And he said he was like, I spent all night gluing felt together, which in hindsight, I might have taken this too seriously. Yeah, and he's like, and now you're not even a bear. It was very cute. Um, My only cast and crew note before we kind of dive further in is that mm-hmm. once again, the prolific king, Paul Hohen directed this movie. I thought it had a little bit of Paul Hohen spice to it. When I saw that name pop up, I wrote it in all caps. Bless him. Um, Bless him. He made so many damn decoms. Good for you. Good for you, Paul. Um, This movie only has a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, which surprises- maybe doesn't surprise me, but does disappoint me. Yeah. Because uh, I really liked it. I think partially this might be because there wasn't, like, a big recognizable person in this, per se, because Rowan Blanchard, this was, like you just said, kind of at the beginning of her Disney stuff. Like, she had done Disney yeah. stuff in the past. But, yeah. like, this wasn't, like, Descendants with Dub Cameron. Or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it also wasn't a musical... And I feel like the musicals tend to get a little bit, people tend to like those a little bit more because there's more to like. Let me look what else came out the same year. Okay, so it came out just like two months. It came out three months after Teen Beach 2 and two months after Descendants. So like it wasn't going to be the number one decom of the year by any means. Not in the slightest. But that's all right. And, like, so clearly it also wasn't the highest budget decom of the year, but, like, I think it thrived nonetheless. All things considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lizzie, do you have a ranking for this movie? I think I do. Because I'm looking at... Well, now I'm confused. Oh, there we go. I think I'm going to give this a 3.75. <gasps> I want to give it the exact same thing. I'm so shocked. This never happens. We never give it the same rating. 
Also, I just realized, looking through our list, I've never given a movie a 3.75. There you go. I have. I like that, right? It's my inaugural three and three quarters. And I'm bestowing it upon this. I've only given one movie a four. And I feel like we were talking about this, that we're probably going to go in and edit some of our rankings. Yeah. We'll make sure to do it all above board and show you a before and after. Um, yeah. Because but... we realized that we rose-colored glasses on when we were <laughs> ranking these kind of on the fly. Yeah. Um, but looking at our stats... Lizzie tends to rank movies a tiny bit higher than I do, like just yeah. like three hundredths of a point. Maggie goes all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Maggie has like an average rating of almost four. That's so cute. T. It's because she keeps giving out fives. She does. Anyway, um She's generous, what can I say? <laughs> so this is a little bit different because it's not a musical, so we don't have songs to, we don't have a song list to go through. No, but, um, I think we can still, I don't know, how would you like to dive in? Um, well, I'm sure we both have some notes. I don't have a ton. Um, but I did have, I just, I have a lot of reactions to things. This made me feel a lot of emotions. Yeah, most of mine are reactions. Yeah. My very first thing, because one of the opening scenes is her in this science class when she's getting the assignment. (gasps) Yes. Sparks the project, yeah, whatever. I have a note too. I cannot deal. This is like definitely residual, like crap from being in school. I can't deal with scenes of kids being rude to their teachers, unwarranted in movies. Like, why was she so sassy to her science? Like, yeah, he should have just let her do her original science. She was so so rude to him. She was so rude, but my note was, it also, like, he clearly liked her. He thought she had a lot of potential. But it also really didn't seem fair for him to give her a different rubric and deadline than everyone else. Oh, absolutely was not. He was like, by the way, this is due on Monday, and it's 50% of your class grade. Right. However... She was rude to him even before he did that. So I was like, okay. Oh, absolutely. She had a bad attitude. There, This is unnecessary. This was entirely uncalled for. My only other note about that scene is that her friend, what is her friend's name? George? George. George. Yeah, sorry. Oh, that's terrible because in the movie, people kept forgetting his name. Now I feel bad. George, his science experiment is about what happens if you feed guinea pigs only ice cream. And there are so many fart jokes in this movie, and they they got, I you know, I'm not a fan. But you know what, I would absolutely rather, like, a verbal fart joke than a gross, like, physical humor attempt, like the gross stuff in Dad Naft. But we had a moment in this movie when Coog was in on the toilet because he ate too many meatballs at the party the night before. And he yes. was, I don't know if there were noises, but he was making bathroom faces. Yeah. And I. That was a, that was a bit too much. That whole scene was gross. The men's bathroom was gross, but like, maybe that is realistic, probably. I will never know, nor do I feel the need to. Thank you. No. 
But yeah, she had such a bad attitude to her teacher. And then, like, immediately afterwards, they're in the parking lot after school, and her sister's like, oh, it's Friday. You're like, you know what that means? Like, let's go get Froyo with, like, all of her friends. And she's so rude to her sister, too. Yeah. And they're like, your friend can come. And I was like, I know we have discussed, not in detail, but a little bit, the whole idea of the unlikable heroine, but... God, I was like, I was like, God, I hope she's the one who gets invisible, and then she wasn't. <laughs> I, literally, the theme of this movie, and the theme of my life, to be honest, is, like, high-key, like, sisters do be fighting. <laughs> Especially when they're as close in age as those sisters seem to be, which, like, my sister and I are, and I know yeah. she doesn't listen. I've seen her analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, like, sisters do be fighting the girls are fighting <laughs> yeah especially once molly turns invisible mm-hmm. they were getting through some things together and like it was a very stressful situation their parents were absent as parents are want to be yes did they explain what the parents did for a living it was something, like, they were either going to film something or do science, something. I don't know. They were like, I lost my camera. Okay, we're gone for the weekend. I didn't know, but they looked like they were rushing. And I was like, oh, maybe they're, like, journalists. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but. I'll look it up real quick. But it also could have been because immediately before watching this, we had been talking as a family about Anderson Cooper. Um, so maybe I just had that on the brain. Um, Wikipedia does not even say what their profession is. Yeah, what their parents do. In fact, their parents are not even listed on the wiki. However, I will note that this is a decom based on a book. Is it really? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are, but... Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay, good to know. Um, One of my favorite parts of this movie, what starts as cringe but then ends up good, is that, so Molly is on the lacrosse team, and she's getting recruited by colleges, and it's like the first home game of the season, and scouts are going to be there, and so she has to play, and so Cleo has to be Molly. Yes. And first of all, it gets a little bit, at first I was sus, because she kept, like, throwing Cleo in without, like, prepping her. She was like, okay, it's time for you to lead, like, you know, sensitivity circle, or, like, when they do their pregame ritual. Yeah. And I was like, why do you want her to flop? Like, don't you want her to succeed? But then when it gets time for the game, Cleo was, like, low-key good at lacrosse. Well, that was a note that I made. I said, first of all, congratulations to lacrosse players everywhere for your lacrosse representation. Exactly. Not a game that is in movies a lot. Two, I did say they don't look enough alike for this disguise to actually work in no way, shape, they, or form. They had a lot of masks and hair covers. That simply would not work. And I said, but then at the beginning where she's like holding the lacrosse stick upside down and like is completely unaware of anything about the game, I'm like, there's no way. For a sibling to have watched their sibling play a sport their whole life and not have at least picked up the 
absolute bare bones basics of the game. Yeah, it'd be like if your sibling was a tennis player and you showed up and you were like, these are my snowshoes, instead of tennis rackets. Exactly. Um, But like, and at first she was flopping. Yes. And she needed Molly's help to like take out the other team. But by the end, Cleo was like good and she scored the winning goal. And I was like, Cleo should join the lacrosse team. And that would be like good for her self-esteem and they could bond and she could make friends. I think. That's my advice to her is join the lacrosse team next season. Yeah. Physical movement is important. Mm-hmm. Why not? It'll supplement your college applications. There you go. I did say, this is so unhinged. Why is she doing this lacrosse? Which <laughs> translation means I really don't understand why they couldn't have just come up with some, like, fair explanation for why she couldn't be at the game like college chefs don't have that much going on like they it well yeah like the whole the beginning excuse in the morning when kook came over was molly's sick she can't come to school and it was like okay well she could have just stayed home that day but she was like it's the first game of the season and i have to go to all my classes or i'm not allowed to play right and i guess by this point they thought that she, it would only take a few hours for her to become uninvisible, so they were hoping that, like, by 4 o'clock or whenever the yeah. game started, she would be visible. But by the time she was, like, clearly they could have, it's like, why didn't they just keep with the sick act? Right. No. Um, this was also, like, one of the saddest parts of the movie, because afterwards they're all, like, lifting Cleo up and, like, congratulating her, thinking it's Molly. So it's all these people, like, chanting like molly molly and they're all like the whole stadium is so excited and like molly like not thinking about it like goes up and like tries to high five people but she's invisible and so like nobody sees her and she's just like there alone and this is supposed to be like her like crowning moment of you know getting the applause and accolades that she deserves for her hard work and mm-hmm. she doesn't get it. And also, it made me a little sad. And I kind of, like, was thinking about... It reminded me of all of these, like, poor little high schoolers who, like, were supposed to get these moments and then didn't because of COVID stuff. Oh. Like, it made me so sad watching it. And I was like, okay, that's enough. I've had enough of this. Somebody <laughs> do something ridiculous. Unfortunately, the whole rest of the movie is ridiculous, so... Yeah, um, I was, one more thing about Molly before we move on is that she also, when they have one of their fights, because sisters be fighting, she's like, you don't understand, because Cleo's like, it's so easy to be you, it's hard to be me, because everyone, it's hard to be everyone, let's be real. Mm -hmm. Molly's like, no, like, it is hard for me, I get so nervous, I have to, like, you know, drink the ginger fizz, because, like, otherwise, like, I'm gonna be sick to my stomach, you know, it's hard for me to be a leader, it's hard for me to be good at lacrosse. And I was like, oh, that's, like, kind of nice. I mean, like, that is kind of a classic thing where it's, like, the popular perfect girl. Like, her life isn't so perfect. But and that the fact that they were sisters and that was the rivalry, like, I kind of, they saw each other eye to eye for the first time. Yeah. And that's such a, obviously, it's a little bit different in my household because Maggie is 
you know, 11 years younger than me. Um, but that is like such a thing that even though you're related and even though you see each other every single day, probably more often than you want to for the first however many years of your life, like you do get that rift between siblings when they don't have the same interests and stuff. And you're like, oh, maybe I actually don't know anything about you, despite the fact that we live in the same house. Girl, you're preaching to the choir. One of my favorite lines in this movie is when they realize how they're gonna get they're like okay we know how to get molly back to being visible we have to do it Mm -hmm. by midnight but we know how to do it however we're gonna need help whose help do we get and george and molly are like duh we get that carter kid that likes you he's a governor scholar in chemistry yeah And so they go to the Rock the Swamp, like, Halloween party, and they're looking around for him, and while they're looking in the haunted house, George says to, like, someone dressed up as, like, a creepy doll. They're like, have you seen Carter? He's a soccer player. This tall. Luscious curls. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I would like to say, that was a note I made. That haunted house was incredibly well done. And for those of you who are um, fans of the Haunted Mansion film, either in its original iteration or the more recent Muppet iteration, which is incredible. Or I've never seen either of them. And you have homework. Um, or if you have been to Disney World and been on the Haunted Mansion ride, I have done that. You will have noticed, I hope, there's a lot of little references in their Rock the Swamp haunted house to that story. Like, all the dancing ghosts and, um, like, the murdery bride and all that. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Um, do you have any other quotes that you liked? I do. Um, I liked pretty much everything that Coog said. Yeah. He's like one of his very first lines is give the coog a paw and it made me laugh. <laughs> um but I think one that really caught me off guard and clearly caught me off guard because I wrote it down um is the there's a janitor at their school. Oh, like yeah, I like, forgot about that. It's a very funny scene where they're like sneaking into the lab to like figure out the antidote for the invisibility. And Molly because she's invisible like get him to let her in because he's like thinks there's just weird stuff going on and she grabs a can of paint first of all i don't know where that why there's a bright pink can of paint just at the school but whatever and she is picking it up so it looks like it's just floating and she's pouring the paint onto the floor first of all i did not care for that either destruction of property the virgo in me there was too much um and was and spelled out the word boo on the floor and so he was just standing there watching and she was doing it silently but then the thing is everyone could hear her despite the fact that she was invisible so she just went boo and he lost his mind and like ran out screaming so then everyone else could come in um i also would have run out screaming it was terrifying the way she wrote boo on the ground in like blood colored paint actually i think it was purple but yeah it was not blood colored if if that's the color of your blood I am going to request that you go seek medical treatment. 
tea. I'll do that tomorrow. Um, great. But he, when we first see him, he's on the phone. And he has, like, a very, very deep southern accent. Oh, yeah. And the first line he says is, that is why I do kung fu. And I rewound that three times. I don't, because we got no context about who he was talking to. So you just see this, like, little weaselly-looking man sitting at his desk going, that is why I do kung fu. In my headcanon is that he was talking to, like, because clearly it was, like, a Friday or Saturday night. It was, like, Friday night. And, like, he was at the school, like, during the dance. He's, like, talking to, like, a potential date. Yeah. And he's, like, trying to impress her because he goes, that is why I do kung fu and I am a black belt. Okay, well, I am a brown belt. Okay, well, I am a yellow belt, but I am a very advanced yellow belt. <laughs> it was like, and that is why I do kung fu. I don't know why. Well, you know why he had that accent? We haven't even talked about it. This movie takes place in New Orleans. Which is so fun. Yeah. And I do kind of wish that they had used that to their advantage more. Yeah, the only time they really mentioned it is one, Mardi Gras Dorothy, and two, like, the dance was called Rock the Swamp. And then at the very, very end, they're supposed to be, like, in the French Quarter, like, on a balcony, eating ice cream, like, toasting their successes. That was literally my last note, like, that I wrote down was, why are they toasting with Froyo silently? They all just, like, raised My last two notes are both, um, they're both on the same topic. My last note is, wait a minute. Why do they change outfits so much in this movie? They go through like four <gasps> outfits a day. This this all takes place this in one day. This movie takes place in one day. You're so right. Why did they change outfits four times? But that's not Well, it takes place there. in two days, but like 24 hours. But then I said, wait a minute. Molly, who is invisible, puts like a towel over her so that people can see her and whatever. She changes her clothes because she gets covered in mode. She changes her clothes and her clothes are invisible. Why aren't her clothes visible? No, the whole thing was, you know, if she puts on clothes, like the thinner they are or the longer they're on her, they turn invisible. So that's why she put on the bear suit. And because it was so thick and big, it stayed for a minute, but then it started to fade. So I guess like she put the towel on, but she didn't leave it on very long. Look, I'm not going to pretend to understand. They said a lot of science-related things in this. I'm going to assume most of them based not the slightest bit in fact, and that's fine. Hey, but you know what? Cleo was a woman in STEM. A STEMstress. A STEMinist, if you will. That's all that matters. And she, at the end, got to, like, present her research... That, like, made me kind of, like, happy. Yes, it made me very happy. And the little voiceover at the very beginning and at the very end by her about, like, how things that are invisible can become visible and things that are invisible can become visible. Like, I think I said the same thing twice. But it, like, kind of, like, tugged at my little heartstrings because she felt invisible. Yes. She felt like no one cared about her. Yes. And isn't that such the story of, like, kids in high school who have, like, being fifteen, or like who have one teacher who is like, "Hey, 
yeah, you're 16 and yeah, you are a little bit of a dick, but I think you have a lot of potential and maybe you should try this thing and you'll be really good at it. And like, mm-hmm. if that teacher hadn't pushed her and given her that completely unfair rubric and assignment parameters. She wouldn't have become a published scholar. She wouldn't have been a hashtag woman in STEM. She wouldn't have kindled this like lovely new level to her relationship with her sister. She wouldn't have a boyfriend. Who's a governor scholar in chemistry. <laughs> and has truly luscious curls. They like, can they be glizzy. They are like a baby version of like an Allie Hazelwood. Oh. And, but that's for season two. Um, and that's the tea. And on that note, Lizzie, do you have anything else to say about this movie? I don't. Happy Halloween, everyone. Me either. It's, you know. Yeah. Happy spooky season. Um, but. There may be something exciting coming in the very near future, but I'll just leave that to be found out. Coming down the pipeline? Coming soon yes so hannah tell them what their homework is because i don't remember what it is your homework is to recommend this podcast to a friend to an enemy to a governor scholar in chemistry to someone wearing a bear suit to anyone you know that's invisible actually that reminds me of my very last note which was this reminds me of this book called things not seen by Andrew Clements. Have you ever read that? No. It's kind of like a young middle grade. I read it as probably an elementary schooler and basically it's about a boy that wakes up one day and he's invisible and then he has to go about his life for a bit being invisible but he befriends a blind girl. Oh fascinating. And it's really kind of a sweet it's really a sweet little book but I just wanted to say it reminds me of that. Um, So recommend it to anyone who's read uh, Things Not Seen by Andrew Clements. And follow our Instagram. If you don't, we're at slumberparty.pod. You can leave us a voice message that could maybe show up in an episode. Um, The link is in mm-hmm. our description of the app. Yeah. And listen to our other episodes, too. They're all so good. Yeah. Do a little, do a little binge. A binge listen, yeah. if you yeah. will. I know that you sit at a desk job and you hate your life. You might as well listen to a podcast all day while you're there. I know you're doing that commute and thinking about all of the money that you've wasted on gas in the last year. Yeah. But you have a bunch of bonds with, I don't know, what do we have? That's all we are. Lukewarm takes. <laughs> Lukewarm takes and... And a pimple on my chin! It. That's what I have. And on that note, would you like to take us away? I would love to take us away on the night bus. This has been the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. This episode was edited by Hannah and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm people are hitting me up left and right. And by people I mean it is my mom. <laughs>